Today's episode is brought to you by Change Management Communication Center. Contact them when you need to shift, strengthen, and elevate your organization from us and them to we and how. Go to NeverStopConquering.com to learn more. On to the show. Oh, best kept secret or hidden gem, right? Nobody wants a gem to be hidden. I'm David Kelso, and you're listening to APC Presents, where I showcase independent podcasters from Northeast Wisconsin. Today, I've got Tina Schulke on the mic. Tina is a mother, business owner, tech advocate, and calls Oshkosh her hometown. She graciously let us record in her office, downtown Oshkosh, and we talked all things tech in Northeast Wisconsin, leadership in an online world, and podcasting as a grand experiment. I'm pleased to present Tina Schulke. Tina, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, David. It is an honor. We've put together the APC for a while, and... Now we're just getting around to actually doing a podcast with our members, so I'm really stoked to be here and talking to you, but I know you relatively well. We've mm-hmm. met through some networking groups, been in the APC together, and but other people may not know who you are, what you do. Can you paint us a little bit of a picture of your story? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I am a Wisconsin girl, born, raised, traveled but always lived in Wisconsin, and I can't really imagine myself living anywhere else. Not even the beach, which is a really strong pull, but I can Mm. visit beaches whenever, and many Wisconsin beaches during the summer. And even in the winter, beaches are fun with snow and ice. They really are. The noises, Mm. the sounds, the cold and the wind, and being able to walk on water, you know, as soon as it turns hard like ice. You're out on the water. Are you a big ice fisher at all? No. (laughs) (laughs) No. You just like the experience of walking on the water. I just like the the experience of walking on the ice, exploring, listening, looking at the shapes, ice Mm. moves, understanding how that moves, the colors, sunsets, sunrises. It's all really fascinating to me. So you'll find me outside a lot. I run my own business. Yes. Yeah. Change Management Communications Center in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, based in Oshkosh. We do have offices in Chicago and Denver as well, but we're a Wisconsin company. Yeah. What we do at Change Management is really helping leaders accomplish what they set out to do, Mm -hmm. the tough stuff, change. We only work with leaders. People call it change management. I appreciate that. But really, you manage processes and equipment. Mm -hmm. You lead people. If no change is required, you don't really need a leader. So we work with leaders and really develop leadership skills to inspire others to, you know, go in the direction they need to go, but also communicate with transparency, put people first in the change process, get out of the doing and into the being of leader. Mm How has your mindset changed and the way that you communicate with leaders since the the pandemic with everything being at home? That's a huge change for people. Yeah, that was a huge transition. And in our industry, so for the past three or four years, we've been working with a lot of leaders on digital transformation. Oh, okay. So you've already been practically there. Well, sort of, Mm -hmm. sort of. So what's true about that, David, is organizations of scale, so 500 employees or more, Mm -hmm. all of them for the past five years who have been working on digital transformation with one key facet. We'll just focus on one facet. The big one during COVID, work from home, right? That facet, remote work. Large consulting firms were publishing over and over that and organizations and organizational change leaders like me were all Mm -hmm. saying this is about a 500 day project to move your organization from everybody showing up at work working from the office to a transition of you're going to have some remote workers or a lot of remote workers 
at least part of the time. Mm -hmm. That transition, anticipate 520 some days. So uh, give or take a year and a half to two years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, last March, guess how long it really took? Less than two weeks. <laughs> yeah, less than two weeks for companies of scale <laughs> to yes. transition from everybody working in the office to now you're accessing everything remote and mm -hmm. we're working remote. And it is a great demonstration, a great example to show how agile we really are mm. as humanity, right? Yeah. We Sometimes we over-engineer and over-plan change. Sometimes we let our own fears about who's going to resist and why get in the way. Sometimes that abrupt, fast change is also traumatic. So I would say that that huge compression down to 15 days, it wasn't exactly graceful and easy and perfect everywhere, right? Sure. It wasn't a complete success. But it did shine light on how we absolutely can change. And yeah. a big part of that underscoring, that fast move, nobody could help but trust that each individual was going to do their part and committed to get the work done. And that panned out. We're still here a year later. Yeah. <laughs> trust is the number one, I would say, advantage. Yeah. Or disadvantage if you have a lot of broken trust that helps or gets in the way of change. Yeah. And building that trust is something that takes takes time and energy. And I mean, I was a part of a, a summer camp counselor. And so we did a bunch of team building activities. And it was so cool to see the start of the week, the kids not engaging with each other. And then by the end, just because we do fun activities that make them engage in different ways with each other of them interacting with each other and like succeeding on something and doing a challenging thing really well. And yeah. I am sure that that's why you do a little bit or a little bit of why you do what you do. Cause you like to see that those people, the things change for, for a good, but what was my next question? Oh, I have a question <laughs> though, kind of yeah. building on that, David. So if you think about it, because I'm always wondering how trust works for others. Yes. So you observe children, right? Like yeah. getting to know each other, getting to trust each other, and then accomplishing something really spectacular, significant by the end, right? They yeah. were all in, they were all working together and worked like champions, these, these young, tiny humans, right? These new humans. And then, you know, now I spend my life watching groups of adults in trust mm -hmm. and non-trust environments, right? Like, yeah. and, and so I wonder, because sometimes I see trust happens like that, you know, mm -hmm. in an instant. And other times I see that, like you said, it takes time to build trust. I'm weird. I know that I'm weird because I extend trust to everybody I encounter immediately. Hmm. You have all my trust. It's a gift that I give. Now, that's not to say that I don't watch what you do with my <laughs> trust, <laughs> you know, yes. because I do. I watch what you do with my trust. And that forms our relationship. But this whole notion of earning and building trust, I think trust is built and rebuilt all the time. And we work together as humans to understand and learn and grow mm -hmm. and deepen our knowledge about each other and how we work and how we relate and what our values are and on and on and on. Mm -hmm. But yeah, corporate trust, that's a different beast. Yeah. And uh I am just imagining, especially I know a few people that like got hired in the midst of from home. And like I've always been a face-to-face, -face, this is how I build trust and communication with people. And uh -huh. sort of to to tie that into podcasting, like there's still you have to build trust with your audience. Whether you're doing that as as just a podcaster or business owner, there's that still that that gap you have to get over of like when they first listen to you, do I trust this person enough to keep listening to all of their episodes and things like that? Right. Do they have credibility? Yeah. Are they interesting? Does this make sense to me? Yeah. Do they care about me? Hey, you know <laughs> what? David and I really want to hear from all of you. Yes. What 
how does trust work for you? That's my curious question. How does trust work for you? Do you give it, you know, all together at once like I do? Do people need to earn it? Do you need to observe something first? What happens when trust gets broken? Like, I want to share with us. Yeah. And I wonder if like what, how that differs between in-person meeting someone and online. Cause sometimes I feel like the online, the trust is like, Oh, there's a disconnect there. So like they're more willing to give out more information and there's sometimes there's more of a trust online. Oh yeah. People are so bold, open, generally honest Especially if they have some big (laughs) idea, you know, or some criticism or or feedback that they really feel passionate about, good or bad. They're just going to put it all out there. And there's not a lot of friction, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so you and I are looking at each other and talking and smiling. And those are great cues Mm -hmm. for me to know, yeah, we're talking about something we both enjoy and this is good content. But if I put content online, there's no friction, right? Like I can't adjust because I see somebody go, you know, with their Mm -hmm. face, right? That uh, the cringe moment, the cringe, yeah. Yeah. But I sure can hear it without much friction or resistance coming at me. Mm -hmm. You know, the next day, morning, minute, whatever it is, the pace of the internet, you know, response of social response. Whether I drove it home. And it was a success or stepped in a big pile of what, you know? (laughs) How do you take that in then? How do I take that in? Yeah, especially with, there's so many people that could bombard you. Like some, this show is for new podcasters, people that have done podcasting. And so like, sometimes there's that that belief that people are just going to hate on them (laughs) to no end on the internet and things like that. And they might. And you know what? I take it as feedback. I love feedback no matter what it is. And what I can say is my promise is you're going to get Tina Schelke and Tina Schelke's views, her guests' views and perspectives, and they're going to be honest and genuine. And the feedback I get, I appreciate and value. But at the same time, it's hard to take it personally. Maybe if I notice, like, I sure am open to the idea that I might not get it right. You know, Mm -hmm. something might not be accurate even. And if I get feedback, I'm grateful. It's like, oh, thank you. I needed to know that. Or, oh, wow, let me fix that. But if you just generally don't like me, okay. I can be okay with that too and, and you know, yeah. go your own way. If you genuinely don't like me and you really want to hate on me every week, have fun. <laughs> but I'm not really going to spend my time staying up yeah. at night going, gee, I really wish David liked me more. <laughs> oh, yeah. no, it's kind of like dating. Podcasting is like dating. Try them out. <laughs> See if you want to live with it, right? Yeah. Like. I do that. I bounce around from podcast to podcast and, you know, I have favorites that ebb and flow and some I return yeah. to and some I don't. And, and, and you don't need and to be married to every single podcast. <laughs> no, but it sure is fun listening. Yeah. What podcast do you like to listen to? Oh, a great local one. I love Soul Source. Like it's oh, one yeah. of my, yeah, I really, and it's tailored for people like me. I I really believe Raquel is speaking to me like things I want to know about and things I want to know. So Soul Source is is really fun for me to listen to. It's not super huge yet out there in podcast land. And I tend to want to be like, you know, listening to those new up and coming things or unique perspectives. So I love that. But a great big podcast that I love is yeah. The Moth. Oh, yes. Oh, I the, the storytelling. Well. People, oh, people mm. are good at telling stories. I'm not always great at it, but I learn because yeah. telling a story is really a significant part of leadership. That is a part of how you lead people, how you share experiences. And those stories need to, you know, hook you. You need to. Mm-hmm be compelled to keep listening. You want to have the kind of emotional response that is lasting. So the knowledge that you have to provide or experience is also lasting and and accepted. Yeah, because people remember how you made them feel. And if you can connect important information with that feeling as well. Mm. Yeah, even if you just scare the the heck out (laughs) of them, right? Like, 
even if it's that or if it's really bad news, they're still going to remember. So as a leader, you have, you know, there's this full range of emotion that you can share with others or let others experience from your storytelling. And Mm -hmm. none of it's bad. I don't judge emotion as good or bad. Mm -hmm. It just is what it is. And we can't have a complete thought without an emotion attached to it. We're humans. Yeah. (laughs) That is who we are. And one thing I I love about the moth is that you get so many different human perspectives Uh, from people all over the world, from immigrant stories here and and people moving to America to a guy who grew up with a nudist mother and (laughs) lived in a... He's like, I didn't realize that it wasn't normal to have your mom walk around naked. And he was like... I went and found that out, and I was like, what? <laughs> what? People wear clothes? Yeah, and it was like, oh, man, to li- grow up with that and think, like, we maybe look like the crazy ones that yeah. not, are wearing clothes all the time. But it's like, it's so cool that those stories, that you, one, I love the moth because it, those are people that were trained how to tell that story. Yeah. And so, like, anyone can tell a story, whether you're in leadership, starting a podcast, running a business, everything else in between stories connect us. And that's what podcasting is. Mm -hmm. Thank goodness, (laughs) right? Like to be able to learn new information and get it in a format that's a story, way, way, way better than reading a policy on paper. (laughs) I want every policy document to be spun into some story that I can really appreciate (laughs) because, man, I've had my fill of policy and regulation. (laughs) Yeah, we were just talking a little bit about that beforehand. So if they made all of their training videos or training policies into podcasts, would that be better for you? (laughs) Maybe. Short episodes, though. Short episodes. Yeah, they could be a minute a minute and a half. Hey, pitch this policy to me like an advertiser might. Make it fun. I think if you can't laugh or have a good time with it, it's like certain things are serious. I understand Uh, that. But yes, it can be serious and Mm -hmm. still a little bit entertaining. Yeah. And you in particular have a private Facebook group and a private Twitter for your podcast. How have those helped you to grow your your community and be able to talk to people. (laughs) Thank you for that, David. I think they'd help me a lot more if I focus more time on it, if I prioritize. Mm. So one thing about podcasting for me Mm -hmm. and why I like new ones that are kind of emerging and growing, I see this as a grand experiment. Mm. I I see it as something that I'm trying out and testing and practicing. I wouldn't call myself an expert at it, (laughs) but I value the experience and I value the feedback and I want to learn, grow and, and develop Mm -hmm. this thing because I, I see the potential and I also see how well I'm able to engage with others who I wouldn't otherwise be able to reach Mm -hmm. for instance. So through Facebook and a little bit of Twitter, I'm not a good tweeter. I could use some help with the tweeting. (laughs) It's a different realm. I get it. It is. And I'm working hard to limit my screen time, Mm. my engagement with the electronic or virtual world, yeah. I need to disconnect. I am, oh, for sure. It, it, it's uh, good for me to care for myself, being outside, being away from all mm-hmm. of those things, especially when I'm in virtual meetings all, all day, it, yes. every day, it feels like. True. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what I do like about the Facebook page and the Twitter is I can engage with people about the podcast and I can engage with people about the topics related to what we might speak about Mm -hmm. in the episodes. And I can get feedback. I can float an idea with a post or a meme and see if there's real interest or if it's just something everybody's going to swipe by, (laughs) you know, nope, not interested, not interested. Like if they're not going to like this post about this question or comment on it. Are they going to like an hour long conversation about that subject? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. It helps me test some images sometimes and also some questions 
I can test questions mm-hmm. like what do people really want to know or how can I pose this question or how can I title this podcast episode? Ooh, Those are one. all ways that I've used information from social media to form some of my episode ideas. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. So it is like a breeding ground for for ideas and for that that engagement with your community, mm-hmm. your audience yeah. there. Yeah. So as your as a podcast grows, it also grows a team. You work with teams all the time so how can you be a strong leader when oftentimes that team that you're growing as a podcaster to be versatile and flexible you're hiring people online all the time how do you be a team leader in an online world oh my goodness clarity clarity is i think the the most important part for me i need to be clear on the purpose of the episode or the podcast itself the series I need to be clear in communicating my expectation to those who I employ. And Mm -hmm. I need to provide feedback about, yes, this is what I asked for or expected, or wow, you really exceeded expectations, awesome, or "Mm, this isn't quite what I expected. Let's figure out where it went wrong. Like it could totally be on me. I might not have delegated appropriately or communicated with clarity. Mm -hmm. And that's all good stuff. I think exercising leadership and employment, you know, employer-employee or vendor-customer relations, Mm -hmm. right, online, you really have to exercise all of those leadership skills Amplified. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of amplified, uh-huh. this is a weird transition, but I, you said the word and now it's on my mind. You also started, or we're going to backtrack to your story more. Oh, yeah. You also started the Amplify Oshkosh. Yes. I helped create Amplify Oshkosh, which Can you is- tell us a little bit about it? Oh, yeah. It's one of my favorite projects of all time. I think we're seven years in, maybe going on eight years into it. Yeah, so almost as old as change management. Yeah, almost as 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 long as my company. Well, it was really because when I started the company, I had so much extra bandwidth, not enough customers yet, Mm -hmm. that I had to do something with my time. Otherwise, (laughs) my husband was going to... um, Throw me in that river that's right out there, right? So Yeah, we'd like to keep you dry. Yeah, yeah. Dry, alive, (laughs) and happy. And helping the community. And helping the community. So Amplify Oshkosh, I partnered with the Chamber of Commerce and some local tech startup owners in town. Some people from the school district and people from the technical college and also the university, University of Oshkosh. We all got together and created Amplify Oshkosh to bring tech minds together, big and small, Mm -hmm. and the community at large to learn about how technology that exists now and also is being developed helps grow your business, your career, and your education. And how much of that vibrant tech is created and housed and lived right here in Oshkosh, but even more so East Central Wisconsin, this new North region, you know, extending north to Green Bay. So exactly where the Appleton Podcast Co-op serves, like this Mm -hmm. is technology. We want to feature you and amplify because this is where it lives and grows and people don't know it. It's that, oh, best kept secret or hidden, (laughs) hidden gem, right? Nobody wants a gem to be hidden. That's why we have necklaces and so many other things. Nobody wants the best things to be secret. So, so yeah, Amplify Oshkosh, it's purposefully named Amplify because we want that technology and those bits of knowledge in the community and to be there present and above all the noise of everything else that's going on because it's really rocking here. How is that tech? Like, obviously within the America, like tech is blowing up everywhere. And like eight years ago, I'm sure it was a little bit smaller, but now it's in the news every other day and the big tech companies dominate everything. Why tech? Oh my gosh, everything's tech right now. Tech is advancing at an exponential pace. You and I are sitting here talking, 
creating a podcast. And meanwhile, there's artificial intelligence machines, right? Bots creating other artificial intelligent bots without any human assistance. Quantum computing is changing the world as we speak. We just can't see it yet. Right. So and and then you think about, you know, work from home and Zoom and video conferencing and all and all and all and all the ways robotics, right? Mm-hmm. What robots can do. All the ways technology is impacting our day-to-day lives. It's happening fast. The change is happening at an exponential pace. Humans have not evolved to adapt to those changes at an exponential rate. <laughs> so, yeah, we're in trouble, and technology is where it's at, so mm-hmm. that's why. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's necessary. Tons of opportunity coming forward. You don't have to sell me on it, but I was yeah. trying to just give you a little platform there to talk about it a little oh, bit more. I don't know if you know, David, more than 25% of the state of Wisconsin's technology jobs are in the New North region. And only right. going to grow. So you think about like the big cities, yeah. Madison. And I Milwaukee. thought Milwaukee was the. You would the hub think where the it. hub was. It's really concentrated in this Fox Valley mm. region, and it's pretty remarkable. I mean, people are moving to this area. Young people are yeah. moving with their families because the living in Wisconsin is great. It's a beautiful place to raise a family, to live, to mm-hmm. be involved in a community. You can come to a city like Oshkosh and kind of like me, I help create Amplify, right? Yeah. You can be any old person. I'm really not that special, <laughs> but I can leave my mark, right? Like mm-hmm. it is indelible what I create and grow here in Oshkosh, people will know about and it'll be lasting and it'll have a positive impact for generations to come. Yeah. That's important to me. I Mm. think that's exciting. And there's room for more of us. So, yeah. Come on over. (laughs) Come to Wisconsin. There are great jobs. If you're interested in technology, you'll find it here, and you'll get this great lifestyle to go around along with it. I mean, the river's right there. It's beautiful. Welcome to the podcast, Fast Class. It's officially time to put your nose to the grindstone, or your mouth to the microphone. This is the first of eight check-ins before the end of season one of APC Presents. You should be releasing a trailer and submitting your RSS feed to the listening platforms today. Yes, today. To be entered into the podcast Fast Class giveaway, you'll have to release three episodes by the end of this first season, which if you track with us, that's an episode every other week. Totally plausible, right? So get to it. I believe in you. But maybe you've got a few extra questions or some doubts. Well, good news for you. We've got a place for you. Head on over to the APC Members Facebook group, and we would be happy to help. Link in the notes. Back to the show. And the music venue? Right across the river. Right there. Like, if... If I feel like I have to work on a Thursday night in the summer (laughs) when Waterfest is on and all those big bands traveling from the Twin Cities or Chicago or Milwaukee into wherever, Detroit, they stop in Oshkosh and play a great gig at the Leech right outside across the river from me. I can just open my window and and hear it. Sometimes I can hear it and not open my window. (laughs) (laughs) Then you know it's a good show. Oh, it's a great show. I even get some of the lights, you know. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fun. You don't even have to go leave your office then. That's- oh, I do. I do. Because there's no, nothing like dancing in a crowd <laughs> and, and watching the band jam. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I miss that. I haven't been to one of those in a while. But we'll get it back eventually. We will. We're, we're slowly, slowly getting there. Yeah. Michelle, our yeah. ops director, she owns and operates Copper Box Band. So that's a very popular yeah. Wisconsin band and known nationally. And I think I've uh, heard of them through you. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. It's a lot of fun. And so we get to know a lot. And they play at Waterfest oh, every cool. year, at least once, sometimes a couple times yeah. during the season. I grew up in southern Wisconsin near Madison, so mm-hmm. I don't know. Not super connected, but I one of the reasons why I started this podcast – the APC was so I could meet other people that have similar interests. So it, it's yeah. so cool to see that you run in business, love music, and love everything about 
this city. And I've sort of mm-hmm. fallen in love with it, Oshkosh, all the way up to Green Bay in yeah. the last three years as well. What else do you love about living here in Oshkosh? Oh, gosh. I grew up in a small town in northern Wisconsin, Rhinelander, Wisconsin, home of the Hodeg. For all of you out there who know what a Hodeg is, get back to us on that, too. <laughs> or if you want to know what the heck a Hodeg is. Take a selfie with the picture. Oh, in yeah. The front, in, with oh, the yeah. Hodeg Send in us the front a selfie the, with the Hodeg. Or wear your Hodeg gear. Like, yeah. you must have a Hodeg t-shirt or a hat or... They're I don't pretty know. Well known. My husband's got a hodeg tattoo. Oh, does he? Yeah, That's on awesome. his leg. I drew it. I used to paint the hodeg on the gym floor when I was in high school. Oh, so the, cool. When they'd refinished the yeah. floor. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, really small town. They have small a town. really big music festival up there. A really big music festival. Yeah, it, it probably quadruples the population of the city. Yep. The city's <laughs> about 8,000. I think they get, I don't know, 50,000 people. It's at huge. Hodeg Country Fest. Anyway, I grew up there, small town, knew everyone, knew how it worked, right? Could get things done. The community, when you were growing up there, you know, you were raised by a community. You couldn't get away with crap. I mean, it was just, (laughs) yeah, which was also Betty from down the street saw you and told your mother, whatever it was. (laughs) Down the street or across the lake or, yeah, (laughs) you you couldn't even go and and jump in a lake without being, you Mm. know. Uh, So... I loved that experience and the sense of community and the sense of knowing and being known and understood. Mm -hmm. Oshkosh has that small town feel. Mm. Even though it's a bigger city, you know, it's a, I don't know, do they call it like a class three city or something like that? I'm not sure of all the demographic terms. (laughs) Tier three. Tier Tier three. three city. And I still know a lot of people here. Yeah. I might get 9th Street and Witzel confused all the time. <laughs> like I can get around yeah. Chicago and New York sometimes easier than I can get around in Oshkosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, yeah, I'm just driving down Witzel and my kid, will, I'll be talking on the cell phone. I'm just passing Harnix and they'll be like, mom, that's Wrong 9th road. Street. I'm like, <laughs> oh, damn. I still get these mixed up. It's fun. <laughs> Uh, you know, sometimes you just don't think about it because it's not as complicated. And you're just like, oh, I'm just driving down the street. And <laughs> yeah. I think that's where that small town feel, I yeah. think, comes into it. I'm either going to get there a little quicker than I expected or a little later than I expected. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all, it, all that matters. Oshkosh all the way up to Green Bay is like that. It's not a big city, but it's a big city at the same time. Yeah, I can do anything here. I can see a symphony concert. I can go to an art exhibit. I can go hiking, boating, biking. I can go to a great religious celebration somewhere, government, school, and anything that I would want to do or any of my family or friends or... It's all right here within an hour or less of a drive. Many times, you know, just a a short walk, honestly. (laughs) Which is awesome. So this yeah. is our pitch for to invite you to come live in Oshkosh, Appleton, or Green Bay. <laughs> yeah. But and you would say Oshkosh. People are nice. I would say, yeah, Oshkosh. I would. I would. I didn't think that up until about 2008. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I just didn't understand how Oshkosh worked. I spent too much of my time working other places. I lived in Oshkosh, but I yeah. didn't really get to be in Oshkosh immerse myself in Oshkosh until about 2008. And then from that moment on, I was like, this is my hometown. Mm. I grew up in Rhinelander, but Oshkosh is my hometown. And you you raised your family here, I yes. assume? That's yeah. Awesome. Three kids. They're grown up now. I won't even tell you how old they are because they are as old as I feel. <laughs> so very young. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you're involved in a lot of tech stuff. Do you know how to code or program at all? Oh, hell no. <laughs> I don't know how to code and I don't know how to program. I learn. That's okay. I learn and then I forget. I'm just amazed. Like when all that code shows up in my screen, mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, this is what makes it possible for us to Zoom. Incredible. Or just brings up my website so it looks nice. Yeah. And I look at it and I go, okay, who do I need to call to make the adjustment here? Right. Because <laughs> I'm connected to those people. Yeah. So I'm 
I'm good at the human side, not mm-hmm. necessarily the machine side. But if you partner me with somebody who's really good at the machine side, yeah. ooh, we can get a lot done. We can change yeah. the world. Yeah, because you see the value in the technology side and you can make those connections to the human side, which those yes. technology people sometimes lapse in being able to make those those human connections. Yeah, tech is really all about doing mm-hmm. and humanity is about being. And if we do, 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 we miss out on who we get to be. Hmm. And I have a friend out east, David Ryan Pulgar. He has a podcast called Funny as Tech. <laughs> and it is. It's funny <laughs> as tech. I, oh, I like the yeah, brand words. <laughs> I do too. The dad joke, grandma yeah. joke, whatever, right? And he also... Cr- created a movement or an organization called All Tech is Human. And he's a tech ethicist. Mm. But it's interesting because humans are what created tech. I mean, bottom line, bottom line, bottom line, bottom, bottom, bottom. But tech is the doing. It's the Mm -hmm. thing, right? Well, it's also the creator now. But we got to be careful about how we do that. So. I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. It's a tool. Tech is a tool that we wield and that falls back on us on how we wield it. Yeah. I keep having to flip that in my head intentionally, right? You've got artificial intelligence and we need to flip that to intelligent assistance. Mm. (laughs) So the AI needs to become IA. The technology (laughs) is there to help humans. Um, yeah. It's not Skynet. That we need right. To- <laughs> this is not turning into the Terminator. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least as fun I, as those movies are, yeah. I don't think anyone actually wants to live that out. <laughs> no, nobody wants to live that out. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I think we need those bridge makers. I think I'll call you oh. for, between the tech and the uh, the human side of things. I like that. Oh, I can't wait. Next time somebody asks me, can you code? I'm just going to say, no, I'm a bridge maker. Boom. There you go. (laughs) We sort of touched on it a little bit earlier, but why did you actually choose to start a podcast? Oh, I chose to start a podcast because I wanted to become more familiar with the technology. Hmm. And I am an experiential learner. Yeah. You know. Learn the hard way. So I created this podcast. And what I didn't know about creating a podcast was that all of a sudden I was starting a media company. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you are. And that's not my area of expertise, but I'm getting better at it. I'm learning and growing. So I started it really to test some ideas and attract a larger audience where I could maybe grow some business and some Mm -hmm. customers. And I have. I have attracted some clients and client interest through the podcast. But it really, the podcast is much more playful, even though it's got a business intention and sometimes business subject matter. Mm -hmm. It's a lot more playful. Yeah. Podcasting, because it is just really that conversation, I think allows for people to take more time to be playful with it and not be not necessarily need to be as serious, which I think is is great. Was there any thought about doing video or anything like that? Or is it really just how do <laughs> I explore this audio medium? Yeah. So yes, we did one episode video, Zoom to Zoom, and I didn't get it up on my like regular Never Stop Conquering podcast site. It yeah. is on the Facebook page. And one, it's because... I'm not a tech person. And two, it's not how I like to absorb content. Like if I'm Mm. listening to something and absorbing that content, I love the idea of not having the visual. I like to imagine while I'm listening and form some of my own ideas. And it allows me that way of being creative. I Mm -hmm. love, I can get more involved in the story and less distracted by how things look or whatever else is going on. It just, I can close my eyes and hear it and understand it with my whole self rather than opening up more of my senses to absorb the content and being distracted everywhere. Yeah. Allows you to engage with the human across the table a little bit easier. Yeah. Hmm. 
when I reach them and, and when I absorb it too. Plus, did you ever try editing video? Yes. <laughs> oh, we did a, <laughs> on LinkedIn, we did a video series and I guess it's thereby. It's also on YouTube. So maybe we have YouTube stuff. <laughs> oh gosh. They are the most ridiculous and fun videos. Like, honestly, you would not know that we work with global organizations, you know, <laughs> implementing critical change, you yeah. know, everywhere. There was one filmed right down there by the river, and I got soaking wet <laughs> because we were working with water and trying to demonstrate or provide a visual analogy. Ooh. Yeah. yeah so. Illustration. <laughs> it was it was fun. Oh. It was fun. But it you was, didn't like editing it. Editing it? I You said you asked if I'd ever edited a video and I said yes. You did. <laughs> I know the pain in it. You know the takes. pain in it. Yeah, I know the pain in it cuz I gave it a whirl and then I gave it to Michelle to do and she did much better. <laughs> and um if we were going to pursue that further, we would hire a professional to mm. get it done, but again, it's a grand experiment for us. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, and that's the beauty of content creation is that it, it is an experiment and you're figuring out what you like, what people like from you and mm -hmm. being able to show your personality to other people. And so that's what podcasting is all about, I think. And yeah. for, for you, it's an extension of your business and your personality. Other people use it for art and everything else, but it, it truly can just be being able to add value to people that you could potentially work with, people that you currently work with that you may not be able to get on the phone every day, but they can call into your phone or listen to your podcast. Have you ever thought about, this is a, an idea that's been populating recently in businesses, but there's, it's a private podcast exclusively for a company. Yes, we've done that. So as oh, okay. change management and as change and communication leaders, mm -hmm. sometimes it's great to have an internal podcast yeah. for teams and employees to tune into to understand, you know, what's happening around here. Mm -hmm. What is it going to be, you know, what's the new way around here going to be like? And how? what's my responsibility to get to that place? Yeah. Um, podcasts are a great way for leaders and teams to share their vision, their experiences along the way. It works well as an internal edutainment <laughs> or infotainment yeah. type of media. Yeah, and it's easy to do. Throw a USB microphone on the CEO's desk and say, talk about your, tell your story. Yeah. And say how, allow them to be transparent with people. And then employees can listen to it while they're making a cup of coffee or something. Right. Yeah. Oh, it makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. and, and also it, it, you can't help but bring out the human in that leader, even if they are typically really buttoned up, you know, if it's a financial company or mm -hmm. maybe legal or something where people are a lot more reserved mm -hmm. in their engagements at work. Yeah. You put a microphone in front of them and a person like you or I who asks <laughs> questions, you know, curious questions and I mean, I can ask people all kinds of questions and they'll generally give me the answer. I don't know why they find it so easy and safe to just open up. Maybe it's because I don't judge anybody for anything. I just genuinely want to know. I'm curious. It's because, like you said earlier, you extend that full trust in them. Oh, sure. Maybe. And then they certain, there's maybe some reflection of that back because you're going all in on them yeah. and they can. I think they can definitely feel that. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So anyway, they become much more human. Yes. And guess who loves that? Anyone Every stinking person who ever has will or wants to work with them does, you know. Yeah. yeah they love that. Yeah. So it's a tool. Your people are using podcasting as a tool for crafting the company culture. Yes. And managing that change. If I come in with a camera and a microphone... Nope, they're packed to buttoned up. Just the tie and uh, am I good? Okay, hello, everyone. And uh, yeah, there is. I, that's what I love about podcasting too because it, it's like I think a majority of people are insecure about the way they look or want that first impression of the look to be 
the most pristine thing that they've ever oh, yeah. ever had. And with podcasting, there's no visual to misconstrue or anything like that. The tone of the voice is what carries through. And I think that that has huge impact on, on for people. It sure does. And the other thing that I, you said people don't generally like the way they look. I've got a question. Do you like the way you sound when you listen to your podcast? Well, when you, when at first it out, everyone hates their own voice. Oh my gosh! Like <laughs> what? I sound like that? No. There's actually a scientific reason for it. So your jawbone actually transmits bass tones up to your own ear. So what you hear in your own ear sounds a lot better than what you actually sound like. Oh, God. Uh, so that's why there's that general shock for everyone that's like, that's what I sound like recorded? Oh, my gosh. But I think to, to that and to, to you, I mean, isn't it amazing that we all have unique voices? Oh, I love that. Yes. I love recognizing people's voices, too. Yeah. yeah, and so and like in the grocery store here in Oshkosh or up in Appleton, someone yells your name from across the, and you instantly know who it is. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, that's the power of a voice. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So what did you think would be easy about podcasting and what was actually, what was it actually really like? Oh, I thought podcasting and producing one a week was going to be simple. Like, no problem. We can squeeze it in. It's only, you know, an hour or less. I mean, come on. And we have this lineup of great guests and speakers. What What am I worried about? Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's hard to produce week after week. What I learned is produce gobs of them and then release them a week at a time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's what really works. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I have gobs of Never Stop Con- Conquering produced, and I need to get back to releasing. They need some polish. And yeah. Oh, okay. I'm ready. So, Just you know. Just those finishing touches. Well, yeah. we'll look forward to hearing those very soon, hopefully. I hope so, too. So what advice would you give to someone wanting to start a podcast? Do it. Do it. I would say just jump in and do it. You know, get over... The idea of perfection, I have never heard a podcast, even really produced podcasts, come out and be published perfect. They're not. Mm -hmm. And there's something great about that. You know, there's just, it's real, it's authentic. So get out there and do it. Don't look for perfect. Look for, this was a great message. Mm. This was fun. People need to know this kind of content and put it out there. Put it out there. There's always that growth. You will grow. Yeah. Don't get freaked out by the initial numbers. Don't get freaked out by the later numbers. It's just going to happen. What you have to offer will have an audience. That's Mm -hmm. what's amazing to me. There's so many different things to learn and listen to in the world of podcasts, and each podcast has an audience. It's beautiful. There's certainly ways and tactics that you can do to uh, be on top of it and grow faster and things like that, and that's where we as the APC, I'm sure you would love to be fine with having a conversation with people in the group. Oh, yeah. That's the second thing. Ask lots of questions about And from friends who who are working on this, friends or connections, yes, get in touch with other podcasters. Oh, good golly, I'd never get to where I am without that. Yes, and overall, just have fun with it. Oh, it's fun. Yes, have fun. So how, well, two more questions left. Yes, okay. How have you grown as a person since starting your podcast? Oh, how have I grown as a person? Oh, I've met great people. And I don't get too hung up about what is out there about me and what I have to say. I have learned that it's valuable. I don't have to sell the value. I just have to be that. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's helped me grow and like take a burden off of me of, is this valuable? I need to drive value. I need to da, 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 da. I need to create something valuable. It is valuable and it doesn't have to be hard work. It can Mm. be kind of fun and easy. And that's what I've learned. 
So that's very satisfying. Mm -hmm. But you don't have to overthink it. I don't have to overthink it. I don't have to overproduce it. And I don't have to worry about the audience. It shows up. The audience will show up. So creating something to help them find you is, of course, a benefit, right? And I would say play with that, too. Just jump in and experience. You'll learn two ways. There are resources for knowledge, right? Like other podcasters, the co-op, resources online, vendors. Mm -hmm. There's just a million resources, blogs even, before you start a podcast, articles, books, classes, a bazillion ways you can mm-hmm. learn. Conventions, right? There's conventions. So learn through knowledge, but the sure way to learn for everything is through experience. So it takes yeah. a combination of both. I'm very heavy in the experience learning the hard way stuff, yeah. but I would say do it and do it without fear. There's no wow. reason for fear. Yeah. Well, thank you for those those wise words and encouraging words. Is there anything else you'd like to, the listeners to know? I just want to thank them. Thank them for being there. Thank them for feedback. Thank you, audience, for listening in. Thank you for the feedback that you're giving or about to give. And thank you for trying it out yourself. Like, I encourage you to try it out yourself. That's, That's my last message. Be a guest or be a host. There it is. But get out there. Well, sticking in the stream of gratitude, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thanks, David. <laughs> a truly wonderful conversation. I hope you enjoyed listening to Tina as much as I did. The podcast is on hiatus right now, but please be sure to go follow, review, and listen to the Never Stop Conquering podcast. There are five great conversations out that Tina had with some of her guests. You can also connect with Tina directly on social and through her website. And if you're looking for help with your own podcast, head on over to appletonpodcast.com for community support, resources, and the chance to win some free gear. If you know someone in Northeast Wisconsin who likes podcasts at all, share this show with them. And if you've made it this far, please rate and review the show on Podchaser or go make one of those Twitter accounts that only post the same thing over and 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 over again and have it be your review of APC Presents. I'm David Kelso, your neighborly podcast nerd, and thanks for listening. <laughs>